Classy Ring Attire Podcast. I'm Joel. I'm Chris. And it's time to get classy. Let's get to it. So, um, big news this week. It was the first week for NXT on USA. Yes, we're, we're, we're kind of baby step puddles into this whole like yeah. new era that it feels like is just around the corner. So, I'm guessing they're doing the, the half and half until Suits is over. Okay. I think cuz I don't think they I think I think they're only doing one hour. They they said there's not a plan to put the okay. second hour on. It just seems weird if they're going up against another 2-hour sh- like if you're trying to compete with this other 2-hour show on a network. Yeah. You would want to keep your audience not, you know, have cuz like honestly on a slower week, mm-hmm. do you think a lot of people are going to go through the trouble of like Turning off their cable and switching over to the WM network or however they want to do that. Or like, are you going to hit the channel button twice and hop over and see what's been going on on AEW? Right. WW. Like, yeah. it, I wouldn't, because, I mean, we as a people are lazy. So I don't <laughs> know why you would want to throw in an extra step there knowing that a lot of people just wouldn't even bother. Yeah. Depending on depending on the week. Now, I mean, and it depends on how you set up that first hour. But again, yes. that just turned your first hour into an advertisement for your second hour pre-show style. And I don't think W or USA wants mm-hmm. is willing to give up an hour of their, you know, yeah. broadcasting time for pre-show. Yeah. Now, I I do like how this one was particularly um structured and I'm I'm trying not to spoil anything. Um the first hour was basically why you should be watching NXT, mm-hmm. or why you should have been watching NXT. Yep. Second hour was why you should have been watching NXT UK. Mm-hmm. Like they had a lot of stuff sprinkled in there that I think was a really nice blend and ended the first hour in a way where you really wanted to see that second hour. Right. You know, and to the point where, and again, I don't know if me and Joel talked about this briefly before we started recording. Uh, I don't know if it was just the sheer number of people trying to log on at the same time. Or the network was having a rough night, right. uh, but it seemed like a lot of people were not able to log on to the network to watch that second hour. And, I mean, I, I don't think that's an indication. It's like, oh, you know, they, they've been showing WrestleManias for five years now. This is bigger than any—no, I mean— no. You you definitely <laughs> are not, and you know. Let's not forget the very first WrestleMania that they did stream on the network and how badly, you know— it buffered for a lot of people, and I still to this, you know, still to this day, I'm a little salty that we tat- we did miss the moment the streak ended yes. because of buffering issues. Yes. Um. So it, it's, I I, I don't want to give them too much credit, but at the same point, I can understand it if there was that many people giving it that much attention. Right. Um. And and if they didn't, you know, plan for anything bigger than their their usual Wednesday night. Exactly. And, and yeah. That that kind of goes into the point of, I know that NXT is a Wednesday night show. It's never really been a Wednesday night show for me. It's been a whenever you, know, you yeah. have a moment to watch it show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it's been. I'll I'll get to it. I usually sometime between you know Wednesday and Sunday. Yeah, like I've usually seen it by the next Monday, but it's definitely been a thing that I'll watch when I watch. Yeah, um, it's not one that I have to worry about spoilers on um i barely have to worry about spoilers on raw or smackdown at this point no yeah but at the very least you know raw and smackdown have this you know live aspect of it where you know i i I want to preserve that and there's not even 
the point of trying to do that with NXT. NXT is going to be just as good on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Right. Um, matter of fact, like it might feel like a bigger deal the longer you wait because some matches are so good that you've been hearing people talk about it nonstop since then, so it kind of builds up in your mind until you finally watch it. Right. So, um, yeah, it's going to be... Like I, like I said, the 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 splitting the hours is going to be interesting once AEW starts their uh, Dynamite show. Yes, that was announced. Not Wednesday Night Dynamite, just AEW Dynamite. It's Wednesday Night Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's Wednesday night, and it it's fits. not as bad as Monday Nitro. Um. Okay. So so I'm fine with it because it does have a nice kind of harken back to like explosive sure. words this yeah. is something that blows up right where tnt the yeah. channel where our, our old show was nitro this one's dynamite like yeah okay i'm fine with that is it bad that i'm just now getting that you serious <laughs> i might have gotten okay, it like okay. forever ago but okay. i just haven't thought about right, it no 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 in that case chris so I- ignore the past 60 seconds of this podcast tell us why was this show named dynamite why did they go with the word dynamite for this show because it rhymed with night. <laughs> so you thought regardless of the night it would be on, <laughs> that they would call it Thursday Night Dynamite, Friday Night Dynamite? Probably. <laughs> Even though they actually haven't called it Wednesday Night Dynamite? It's literally just me calling it Wednesday Night Dynamite? <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't they put a copyright? like Oh, did they? Like on, a trademark on, on Wednesday Night Dynamite? I feel Dynamite? like it was rumored like forever ago that that specific wording. And they may have like... Over time, like whittled it down, be like, okay, we just want this, you know. So it's the explosion aspect of it. <laughs> that's sure. that's the through line that we're going with here. Okay. So, um, yes, that's that's, um, it, that makes sense. That's kind of the big thing. It makes sense. Um, you're trying to, and even if they're like, oh, we're not. You know, fighting WRB, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a Wednesday Night War, it's a Wednesday Night War, but it's not a Wednesday Night War. Yeah. Um, th- yeah. They'll even admit that they're trying to bring back the uh, crowd that was the Attitude Era crowd. Yeah. Um, that's in this day and age of 90s and early 2000s reboots and revamps and bringing backs. That's what they're doing. Yeah. There, this thing you loved as a kid, that left is back now. You can't say wrestling left because it never really left. It's been ongoing. But that thing you loved that left, it's back now, yeah. and it's Wednesday Night Dynamite. <laughs> wrestling never went anywhere. It was just giving the Mickey Mouse treatment. Yeah, I mean, or For better or worse, or however you want to see it. It was, you know, it was the edges were softened. It was corporatized. It was publicly traded. Yeah, or it just didn't have competition. This is uh, true. And it, it, you know, it's bassed at the top of the mountain for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, was there anything from Raw or SmackDown that you wanted to touch well, we on? We did have a pay-per-view since we last recorded. We did, didn't we? <laughs> wow. <So>. Okay. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Okay. Uh, Clash of Champions. That's yes. what it was called. Yeah. Um, so you had the whole Braun and Seth thing. They started off with the them losing the cha- the tag team belts and then mm-hmm. they face off against each other one on one. What was the I feel like the biggest surprise of the night was that they waited for the whole Bray Wyatt thing till the next night. What do you mean? Like, you know, cuz as soon as the 
match was in because like, everyone was expecting Parade to pop up at Clash of Champions at some point. It never happened. Didn't it? He ended the show. Did he not? Yeah, they 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 ended the show with Bray Wyatt attacking Seth Rollins. You're right. See, this is how long ago it was. <laughs> now my brain is completely blanking on everything that actually happened. Did you actually watch Clash of Champions? I was. You were there. <laughs> you saw me look at it. You could have been asleep. Uh, yeah, maybe that's why they're, I don't really remember it. Okay, yeah, because he did the Abigail at the on yeah. the staging. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. See, I it just all lumped in together for it, me. It, it was even one of their, you know, things that they're starting to really go with is the, you know, oh, here's the credits card. Here's the copyright card. Oh, yeah. And, and it's then, like, something happens after that. Yeah, I don't know. I like to save that for, for Ciampa. <laughs> it seems to be his calling card. <laughs> The, the, I mean, but ob- I know what you're saying. Yeah, obviously, it's a thing that you can overuse way too much. But yeah, now nah, and they haven't used it too much on the main card. Um, but yeah, like on NXT, it was like the the Champa card yeah. essentially. Um, who apparently is supposed to be back any very like any week now. Um, so it'll be interesting once that goes into play. Um, so yeah, Night of Champions. <laughs> Do, do you need me to take this one? Please, please do. I watched this since show. I just took a giant whiff on the very first thing we talked about. Yeah, go ahead. So yes, here's what happened in Clash of Champions. There I'll were try, several matches. I'll try to take notes. Um, no. So Nakamura had a cape. <laughs> I remember that. Sure, that was that was really the thesis of the evening. Um. Not so. Some titles change hands, mm-hmm. but it was all the titles you don't care about, right? Yeah. And everything that you care about stayed the same. And there's this thing where, uh, when you go back and watch old wrestling on the network, um, and th- this wasn't necessarily the reaction of the crowd at the time, but when you go back and watch old wrestling on the network. Hulk Hogan is really boring. Yeah. Because he's always the best. He's just flat out the best one. Yeah. Um, he's always the champion. He's champion for, you know, years at a time. Or if he's not champion, he's graciously not champion. Right. Um, it's like Superman versus anybody else. You're like, he's the best. Um. More so than John Cena. Like, I know we like to talk about Super Cena, but Hulk Hogan was just, you know, genuinely considered. He's the best one. He's the top of the card. That is his character, is being the best one. Um, And that's really boring to watch now. If I was a kid and I wanted a superhero and there was a real-life superhero, I get the appeal. I'm not saying it wasn't a viable product of its time. Yeah. But it's boring to watch now. The first, however many WrestleManias, we're like, oh look, Hogan's a champion again. Oh Hogan, oh Hogan's not a champion, but I know he's gonna win this and be the champion. Yeah, time again and time again and time again. Kind of like how there's so many kids that grew up a Patriots fan nowadays. Like, if to us that's watched it through most of our like teenage and going into adult lives, we it's just it's boring. You're like, okay, all right, I, how are they gonna cheat slash win now? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas. People like you know the younger that they just want to see their favorite team win, or they want they want a team that wins all the time. So of course their favorite team is going well, to be. It's like how like 
people our age, maybe a little bit older, are just a lot of Cowboys fans because that's how it was in the yeah. I, I don't well. I don't even think it's so much that because at least in real sports, you have an underdog to cheer for. Hogan didn't fight underdogs; he fought bad guys. True. Who yeah. He, who he was better than and was going to beat unless. They were mean and nefarious and cheated. Yeah. Um, Roddy Piper and King Kong Monday and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, cheated to win mm-hmm. because they could not beat Hogan because he was the best and noble person. Yeah, right. Um, and obviously this is not happening now, and I'm you know calling uh, a concern that's, way far down the line before we're actually into real Hogan territory, but everybody who you like, who is the best, mm-hmm. retained their titles. Um, These are the people yeah. who have had their titles since WrestleMania. I'm talking about your big three. Yeah, Kofi, your Seth, Seth Becky, Becky, and um, Seth, Becky, and Kofi. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, and, and I get that Seth Rollins lost it. Money in the bank. You know, he, but, but then... He, he he beat Brock Lesnar. He lost it to Brock Lesnar for a little bit, and yeah. then he beat Brock Lesnar again. Yeah. Um, for all intents and purposes, he's had it. Yeah. Um, and so it's three people, which like again, n- no one of them is Hulk Hogan always wins because he's the best, and there's not actual, you know, drama in that story. It's there's three of them, um, yeah. and you don't mid- have bad guys like you did. Hulk Hogan was fighting evil, nefarious, vile yeah, I people. Mean, your your main event was between two faces. Well, yeah, I mean and and, and even if it wasn't, like we're right. we're starting to like, oh, he's blaming Seth for their loss earlier. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, also you're like, oh, Perry Mason always wins. He always you know, always solves the case. Matlock always, you know, wins the case. But they're also against murderers. <laughs> right. So it's like, I am cheering for them. Yeah. Um, wrestling right now is a lot closer to your example of football. Yeah. There's underdogs. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so you like the Patriots because they're the best team. You like the Cowboys because they, they used were to the be best, the best team yeah, in, in your childhood. In your formative years. Um, but underdogs are fun to cheer for. Sure. I just, <laughs> I don't know if... Younger kids get like understand underdogs as uh, not as much as like yeah as an adult watching like okay this team their their record isn't as good they don't have much talent but they're a scrappy team and you like to watch them play and you consider them underdogs and you like they'll just pull off a surprise win and wow what an amazing game like I don't know if kids can necessarily get behind that that was like the point I was making. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I think in sports, mm-hmm. you you cheer for your team. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and, and your team is your home team, or some weird other bizarre, indefinable reason why yeah. you like, you know, this random team Are from you, halfway across the country. Is this a reference to me liking the Houston Rockets? <laughs> I feel like that's what this is. Technically, it's stupid that you like anybody that you like. No. These are like most of those teams were the teams that my dad liked. Okay, he didn't really like the NBA. He was all college football or college basketball. Mm-hmm. That's why I liked the Tar Heels because he was a giant Tar Heels fan in basketball, which is a place where you that that's a home team for you. But yeah, that's that that checks both boxes on that. 
He didn't like NBA. I didn't really care for the Hornets, plus the Hornets left. Well, not left. They got sold and moved elsewhere. And that's why you cheer for the Bobcats. No, because it was a couple years where the Bobcats weren't around, and that's when my Houston Rockets years really formed. It's all stupid. You, you cheer for your home team or something else undefensible. No, the rules are, mm-hmm. okay, your local team, whichever team is close, if you have one within like a certain radius, I'm not yeah. going to sit there and be, be like, oh, it's got to be within 200 miles. No. No. Your, the, clo- the closest Your team. closest team or the team that your father ch- rooted for. Mm-hmm. And if either of those teams are in one of those situations, if that team leaves, you get to you get to bow out and like choose a different team. You can choose the next closest team. Okay, so I would be an Atlanta Hawks fan. I mean, if that's, that's gross. If I mean, it's better now with Trey Young, but for years that was that's that's an awful choice. My point is to get this back to wrestling. <laughs> this is this is your like I didn't actually watch the show. I got called out on it. Let's I talk watched, about basketball. I watched, <laughs> and, it, and I I'm like, here's a wrestling thought. You're like, wait, but I have a basketball thought. <laughs> It's like, no, no, no. I watched Here's a, it. Do you mean the Patriots? I saw a Patriots game last week. I didn't. They were playing Miami. It was it was horrible. <laughs> I did watch it. My brain just picked a bad hit moment to hit reboot. <laughs> Hasn't quite turned on just yet. I'm just saying you're you're being awfully insistent that we really delve into this like basketball and football. Let's talk nuance. about Antonio Brown. <laughs> My point is, yeah. In re- you, you you pick your people in wrestling. Somewhat randomly, it was like a lot of it is very early on formative watching. Yeah, um, they had a surprisingly good moment, good mm-hmm. match, good entrance, even. Yeah, and you're like, click, I like that one. They're my favorite. Yeah, and that's this, you know, just diehard love that you never drop. Where yeah. I'm like, hey, what's Yoshitatsu doing? Right. Um. So there's that. Um. And, and and there's like there is young kid love of Superman, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, kind of thing, which makes sense. Um, but kids also like underdogs in wrestling. Um, it's not a crazy thing to do. Um, okay. That you can't say that the underdog thing doesn't work when Kofi's story and Daniel Bryan's story have been some that maybe the two best WrestleMania pursuit stories in the last five years. True. And uh, well, and that point, whenever they're building those storylines, you get a, these guys that are fighting from behind, starting putting wins together, building and uh, building a uh, support and then going from there. Um, so you still have that element of kids like to cheer for winners, essentially, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's always frustrating when, uh, you know, heels, can't get a clean win to save their lives because oh we can't make the the faces look too terrible unless you're Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> that's the struggle that you kind of find yourself in. Um, I don't know. Um, we we don't have. I mean, we we don't have viable heels right now. Yeah, there there is no heel. That is a potential top carter. They all got there through nefarious means. Yeah. Um, and even when you have people like Randy Orton, who is 
flat heel, especially in this storyline. Generally a heel. Generally a top carter. Yeah. Um, He's not going to win. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> you, there's no... In, in leading up to not, uh, Clash of Champions and, and afterwards, or, you know, this is going to be Kofi's shining moment. Now, you did have... Uh, yeah, Randy's compatriots with the Rev- Revival beating New Day for the Tag Team Championship. See, I watched. Suck it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the same. Like, they aren't top heels. You know, they you don't have that. The, the belts, that's, that's what I was saying. The belts that change hands are the belts that don't matter. Right. Um, wrestling is an exciting thing because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I have to tune in to see what exciting thing is going to happen. And nothing exciting happened, mm. ultimately. Good matches happened. Yeah. Um, I feel <sighs> the the closest we got to, in, in this scenario, with an actual heel that could have had a reasonable shot at actually winning at Clash Champions was probably Sasha. Like, that was the one, like, going into it, it was the biggest question mark. Where, like, we could see it going either way. But she's not... Uh, I don't know, like, I, she doesn't feel like a 100% quote-unquote evil heel. You know no, I mean? my, my point is you, you had those three matches yeah. with the, your three top titles, your three biggest stories, your three most appealing narratives. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why one of those didn't end in a title change. Yeah. And it could have been any one of them. Yeah. You're going um, to make an argument for pretty much everybody. The weakest argument probably would have been Randy, but... Outside of that, yeah, Randy Randy's a great argument because oh, then they're one and one, and Helena Cell is next month. Yeah, that's fair. yeah, that okay. that's the easiest storyline to give you. But right now, you you you've killed all of those storylines yeah. dead in the water because yeah. the the hero won and yeah. triumphed over the bad guy resoundly. Yeah, or um, in the Seth and. Braun Strowman, not necessarily the bad guy, but just the guy who you're fighting. And it right. feels like, once again, you know, we're going to put Braun Strowman in this main event this one time, and mm-hmm. then we're just going to kill it because we want to move on to something else. Yes. You know? And that's frustrating because that feels like the, what, like the third, fourth time they've done that mm-hmm. to Braun? And, you know, you can only have so many of those before the the crowd reflects the... Bronze Just, narrative, whether intentionally or not, is the guy that can't get it done when yeah. the chips are down. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, it's against Brock, and, you know, Brock you know, wins against most people. Um, but in this case, yeah, it was just another one of those scenarios where he's in a big match, and he just he yeah. cannot get it. Yeah, but but the, the narrative isn't necessarily, you know, and, and, and you can try and spin the narrative is he can beat everybody but Brock. Yeah, but the narr- the stronger narrative is he ca- he he can never take the final step to be a champion. Yeah, um, because that's where he loses is the yeah. champion. And again, like you can only take so many of those scenarios, especially when like maybe he's in a a program against a champion where you know they're fighting constantly and yet he can't quite seem to close it out. You know. Um, but then, well, when, no, but mean, then in this in this case, you have a thing where he is the number one contender and he loses, and they're moving on to something else mm-hmm. immediately. Like, and I feel like that's happened well a few too many times for him. Yeah, and again, you do that too much, the the crowd's gonna and, care about as much as the people who are doing the booking. And care. I know that the fiend was next, and yeah. I know that the fiend yeah. was the October show. 
Um, it's very obvious that was always the plan as we yeah. are we are moving right along straight for that moment. Uh, yeah, okay, but you had two other matches. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's it's been a long time, and your champions and your heroes and your Hulk Hogan's are no longer fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. They are yeah. fighting for the status quo. Yeah. Um, and the status quo sucks. Yeah. Like, like, like and, and this isn't even a, you know, oh, I hate these people because, like, don't interpret this as, like, oh, boo, I don't like Becky anymore. Border Becky. No, that's no. not even. But we, as people, tend to feel like the status quo sucks. Um, you look at the world today, um, and that's an excellent example. But you look at the world today, five years ago, and status quo sucks, and, and, I want something bigger and better and greater. And that's why we have chases time and time yeah. again, chase storylines, villain bosses. Yeah. Um, and why those chase storylines aren't successful. Yes. With the crowd so often. Yeah. yeah. And why even when you get that comeuppance and Stone Cold, you know, gives McMahon a stunner and McMahon is gone. McMahon, McMahon is gone uh, for a while and then comes back nobody's like, oh, boo, we don't care about you anymore. Yeah. That stunner happened. No, yeah. it's like, oh, I still hate this guy. Yeah. Um, Because he can, because he is the status quo, because he can reset the status quo to this gross thing that we hate. Um, And nobody's done that. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 we have heroes who are fighting for the status quo and... Your your general average audience, and th- and this is storytelling in general. Your general average audience does not want to go into a story and go. I hope everything is the same on the outside. Yeah. I hope that nobody grows as a person. I hope that you know goals are not achieved. I hope that everything stays the same. Yeah. Like, friggin' clerks had character growth and that's the most stay the same narrative that you can put in a movie yeah um and so that that's kind of the cloud and the shadow that has been put on clash of champions for me is that like all right these and then and again i get that these other tiny little baby belts did change hands but as long as you consider them tiny little baby belts, which your booking does, then they're tiny little baby belts, and they don't matter like these three do. These these are the three that you booked like this. These are the three that you cared about. And I'm saying all this with a women's championship on SmackDown that is theoretically equal to the Raw one. Yeah. And it just isn't. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, got the other two horsewomen in it. Yeah. It should have viability. It can have viability. It can have stature and greatness. Um, It just doesn't right now. And that's not even necessarily a bad thing Um, because... But, you know, like all, like any momentum, it has ebbs and flows. You know? Yeah. There's um, times when, yeah, the Intercontinental Championship is... It feels, like, like very important, and it, it depends on... Who's it, fighting for it? It goes from a D ti- uh, a B title to an F title. Yeah, like and it it can be. It's it's never an A title. 
Um, right. So it's Warrior. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it can be a B title sometimes. Um, usually it's a C title. Um, then sometimes it's an F title. I believe the 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 two men's tag team championships are the only things that changed hand in the entire show. Tiny little baby belts. Yeah, tiny tiny little baby belts. Um, the 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 point is, at seven o'clock when the show went live, you had three narratives that were really driving your show, and they all ended the same. Yeah, and. Again, if you if you were screaming no, they didn't because like one one clean and one one and you know Becky was disqualified and technically lost. Yeah, and which was these pretty much the same exact thing that they did the month prior with Kofi and Randy. Yeah, and like oh yeah, Seth won, but it took four stomps and a pedigree, and so yeah. like he looked really strong and his if. <laughs> you you have three narratives going through your story, and if I missed Clash of Champions, yeah, the same people walk out with the belts, yeah, and they're in the same feud, yeah. Like the only one, it's like Seth is maybe in a new feud, and I already knew that was happening, yeah, because I knew that the October thing was going to be the theme, yeah. And you didn't have to worry about the finals for the King of the Ring tournament because that didn't happen at Clash of Champions, yeah, that happened on Raw, and that should have happened on Raw because Raw yeah. needs matches that count. Yeah. And sure, let's move into uh the King of the Ring finals. Yeah. Baron Corbin. Yeah. versus Chad Gable. And uh, Chad Gable made Corbin look really good. <sighs> Baron Baron Corbin looked good. Yeah. Um he has not looked bad this tournament. No. Like cuz uh oh, who did he face before this? I We've already proven that my memory is awful, but he had a good match against uh, whoever that was. Basically, a, a lot of people in this you know company are really good wrestlers. Um, yeah, even, Cedric Alexander. That's what you face in the even the round. terrible ones have had something to get them there. Yeah, um, and so while you know while you, we could talk about Corbin sucks and have viable points it a lot of it comes down to you know baron corbin sucks at wrestling look at aj styles mm-hmm. and like that's not fair <laughs> like that's just yeah anyway the point is that the thing that sucks is poor booking and poor match building time yeah the king of the ring tournament gave a lot of people a lot of time to put on really good interesting exciting matches it's like the open challenge the u.s open challenge where it was like hey once a week we're gonna let somebody wrestle john cena for and 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 be competitive and not have a squash match and they're gonna be really competitive for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. um and oh look all of these people who are wwe employees or you know are good at wrestling are good at wrestling shocker of shockers yeah. So yes, Baron Corbin. But I I have the reason for that, and it's not just because he's going out. He was going up against an amazing talent like Chad Gable. Mm-hmm. He wasn't wearing a vest. He was not wearing a vest. There we have it. No, that's I I don't know if you're kidding or not. But no, like, I, I'm I'm one hundred percent like I wrestling in a vest was stupid. Wrestling a vest in, in a in a button up shirt. Yes, wrestling in people clothes is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um. Unless you're doing it for a specific reason. Corporate Kane's amazing. 
because of specifically what corporate Kane is. I hated corporate Kane. You were wrong. I, I'll that, stand with that. You're you're absolutely wrong. Um, cor- but, but corporate Kane is a entertaining payoff of years and years of mm-hmm. watching this character go from demon to unmasked to redemon to right. And you know what? And it, it is surprising this day and age when your quote unquote development program is now like a nationally, you know, televised show and they still will will repackage somebody because Corporate Kane's now been repackaged as Mary Glenn Jacobs. Okay. Boo. <laughs> Come that on. was terrible. Come on. No. <laughs> boo to you. I'm talking about a former twenty four seven champion, sir. <laughs> Have some respect. Um And he's a mayor, I guess. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's a mayor, I guess. <laughs> yes, and he's a mayor. Um. Anyway, you threw me off <laughs> with your stupid <laughs> joke. Worth it? No. Yeah, no, it was. It's the low point of the, the podcast where you forgot I what can, show we watch. I can hear the audience laughing their <laughs> stupid little heads off right now at you for forgetting the I, end of nah, Flash of Champions. Now nah, they moved on from that. Nah, I, I have. We all recognized it. We acknowledged it, and they moved on. They're laughing at my joke now. <laughs> I won them back. Excuse me. That's not a joke. <laughs> That's just a string of dumb words. Um, I disagree. Tweet us at ZR Tire. Let me know how right I am about all this. You are riot. <laughs> okay. So, yes. You, you think Corporate Kane was awesome? Yes. Yeah, that's not the point of this. But that's where you were at. <laughs> okay, the the point is, yes, that wrestling in street clothes as your attire well, yeah, like, is inherently stupid. Once in a while, if it's like an impromptu match or whatever. Impromptu matches, fine. Street fights. I mean, yeah. sure, you have to differentiate a yeah. street fight from a no-DQ match somehow. So. It was weird that Cesaro was, I guess, wrestling in street clothes this week. Okay. I Against uh, Rey Mysterio. Like, he was wearing, like... Joggers and uh, and tennis shoes. Yeah. Okay. Like you know what? I'll even. <sighs> and they spun it as a, an impromptu match. Yeah, but like I can I can even make some adjustments. Like Dean Ambrose wrestled in jeans and a wife beater for a long time. Sure. And yeah. it's like okay, but but that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just don't like. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. Like I. It, it's still. Not slacks and a button up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where like wrestling in dress attire, mm. is. Kind of, and this is, I know, sounds hypocritical from a podcast called Classy Ring Attire, mm-hmm. but it, it, yeah, it, totally, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can make some good points. <laughs> yeah, that was a good point. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad you made one. <laughs> All right, we get into the podcast. Only took now. you 389 episodes. You can find us on <laughs> iTunes. Um. Okay. So, gonna get us back on track here. Yeah. Here we go. Um. Baron yep. Corbin won. Yeah. Um. Chad Gable lost. Yes. Um, people are upset about that. Yeah, I can understand why. Because you know, again, there's so much hate for Baron Corbin that stemmed long before you know this tournament started, and and mm-hmm. you know WWE has been wanting to make Baron Corbin a thing for a while now. Um, and I, I guess all the people still have a lot of bad feelings about Constable Corbin and all that nonsense that happened at the end of last year. Um, I feel like that a lot of that is carrying over. Let me maybe possibly put myself on a ledge and get knocked down. Um, 
Chad Cable doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, I um, yeah, like like he's obviously not bad. No, he's um incredible in ring talent. Uh, personality wise, it's he has moments like like just one backstage moment where back when Sami Zayn was the face and someone was looking for Sami and they knocked the door and Chad Gable answers like, "Oh, you mean Sami? Wow, wow!" And I'm like, "What?" And um. the SmackDown invasion of Raw before Survivor Series. Like, you had this brief moment where he was so pissed when he got in that room with Jason Jordan. He just broke away from the crowd and just started brawling with Jason Jordan. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see some of that. Yeah. You know? But, like, those two things that you mentioned are entirely different characters. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what is Chad Gable? Because is he that or is he that? Yeah. Or is he what he is most of the time? Which is not much. Which is nothing. Yeah, nothing personality-wise. Um, yeah. he, and he's got the haircut to match now. <laughs> yeah, because I don't like. I, I liked it better when he did the the headband and the the long hair. It, it was something like yeah. like okay, a headband is not a personality. No, but now you don't even have that. <laughs> yeah, if you're not gonna have a personality, at least have a look. At least have a headband. <laughs> yeah, um, and right now he just looks like a smaller vanilla guy who's really good in the ring. And we have a lot of those. Yeah, we, we just talked, is, touched on like you know, surprise, surprise. These guys that are owned by the biggest wrestling organization in the world. Yeah, they have put guys out on the state, and they're good at wrestling. Well, and it we we use it as an insult a lot, where we're talking about like, oh, that wrestler yeah. didn't have to make any changes to the create your own character because they are generic. Like Roderick Strong is yeah. one that comes up, and but like they have a lot of you know, plain guys and plain tights. Doing really amazing athletic wrestling moves. Yeah, um, it's like, and, there, and there's a lot of my personal favorites that I, I I root for every week, and but there's always part of me where, where I look at their personality and I'm a little worried. You know, mm-hmm. Chad Gable's been one of those. Uh, I'll be flat out and honest. Cedric Alexander's another one that I'm kind of worried about. Yeah. you know, amazing in the ring. No one's doubting that. He he is amazing in the ring. And and I'll give him there's a, something a little bit of a step up because he is on TV consistently enough now. Yeah, that his I mean, and his character is excited to be here and going to do his best, which right. is like that. That's the character you have before you have an actual character. The Apollo Cruz. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's something you have to evolve from, and if you don't, you get stuck in there. I think that was my ultimate downfall with never clicking with Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Um, was he was amazing legionnaireing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um and 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 you know and and you have his first real feud and storytelling in a different company. AEW and yeah. it's like, "Okay." Yeah. Like like I don't know. Okay, this is getting a little into like, you know, acting in my craft. But like, I mean, I talked about football, so you might as well yeah, talk so about your thing. <laughs> gross. <laughs> um that there is this thing in acting and I think part of it is to justify, you know, acting classes. Okay. Where you have to, like, you, you know, hey, this isn't just say these words. Right. Um, but but there is, like, hey, what's your character motivation? Mm-hmm. Um, when you are on stage, anybody could be looking at you at any time. It doesn't matter if you have lines. You have to be in character. Um, you, you have to – everything you do has to be in service of the complete character you're trying yep. to build. There's this thing that some directors will have you do where, like, hey, we're going to rehearsal. Rehearsal isn't rehearsal tonight. We're literally all going to sit in a circle 
and tell each other things about our characters that don't exist in the show. How many siblings do you have? And, you know, did your parents love you? And, you know, put all this into your character. And, um, and, and some people live and die by that. Some people hate it. There's a lot of in between there, but, um, there, your character motivation can't be, I want to be the best wrestler. Yeah. Because everybody in that company wants to be the best wrestler. Yeah. That, that, that is baseline character motivation. Yeah. That it is. I want to be the best wrestler and Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. And you need something more well fighting for my family, Kevin Owens and hustle loyalty and respect. Yeah. John Cena. And I'll kick people in the head to do it. Randy Orton. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, voice of the voiceless CM Punk. Like there's a lot of, and there's a demon inside of me. Finn, Balor slash Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Like, there, there, there are a lot of things to do. Um, Bray Wyatt's just trying to make friends. They're, they're, but yeah, yeah. Yes. You want a well-rounded character, something beyond the, uh, like, okay, you're here, you want to be the best. Now, what can you build on that? Yeah. Like, what else are, is there to it? And you don't, you, you don't even have to, it doesn't have to be, I have a literal demon living inside of me. Sure. Or, you know, anything like that. When you talk about Roderick Strong, who got his character from being part of, what's their name? The Undisputed Era. Thank you. <laughs> it's like shock to the system group. Um, yes, but by being part of the Undisputed Era, which is barely a character, is like, yeah. I want to be the best and I have friends. Right. Um, but that gave him a drive and a purpose and a motivation to be at the ring and any action that he did yeah. had a connection of that motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's really basic um, that Chad Gable does not seem to have. Yeah. Um, and, and again, part of that is limited TV time. And I get that. Um, and when you have limited TV time, you you either have to kill a line yeah. that you can build a character out of, um, which some people have done, yeah, or be really really good in the ring, yeah. And a lot of these guys are like, well, I am really really good in the ring, so I'll go be really really good in the ring, yeah. But if but if that's who you are, you better be really damn good, yes. Which again. Chad Gable is, you yes. know, especially I've never seen anyone have that amazing of a suplex. No matter the variation of that suplex, he's got them all down packed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the only time he ever had any sort of character beyond that was when he was Bobby Roode's fanboy. Yeah. That was the only time that he's really like, I, I guess he, he I, I can't even say he had much of a character with... Uh, Jason Jordan. I even forget what their tag team name was. American, American Alpha? Alpha. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> their motivation was we want to be the best tag team. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, and even though, and even when he joined with Bobby Roode, like that motivation seemed to fall by the wayside because you know, a they just reverted to we want to be the best tag team, and b they barely were given any sort of time because WWE didn't I, I, the, care about the, tag teams at the, the time. The fanboy character is a very risky and hard one to do Mm -hmm. uh, because it inherently says I am at best the second best person in this company (laughs) because and and that's a very 
hard thing to break out of, even when it usually, you know, does the Virgil storyline where it's like, I can't take it anymore, and I'm taking on yeah. my, you know, superior, and I'm winning. Um, Alex Riley's another more modern example of that. Yeah. But it's the Virgil storyline. Yeah. And Virgil didn't break out of that. Like, no. I, I mean, not long term. Alex Riley didn't break out of that. Not long term. <sighs> Damian Sandow, who, if anybody, was going to spin this, you know, sidekick gimmick into a full-blown superstardom, he's the one that clearly had the talent and the drive and the gumption to do it. Yeah. And didn't. Yeah. Um. And again, outside forces, probably. Sure. Definitely. But uh, yeah, it, though you're always going to have that issue. Like again, with Gable and Rude, like they weren't really given a whole lot of time. But then again, nobody really in the tag team division was outside of the Usos and the New Day. Yeah. Um. So it again, it's not all his fault, but yeah. At the same point, now you're given probably your biggest platform you've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's time to you know. So show some character development. Yeah. That that being said, I want to close this out because we're about hitting yep. our time um, with responding to th- one of the biggest things that I have heard mm-hmm. is kind of dismissing this entire, you know, King of the Ring thing mm-hmm. is, oh, it had to go to Baron Corbin because King of the Ring has to be heel. It's a heel gimmick. Um, and I don't think that's true yeah um and it, it has been a really long time since they've had a successful like like post king of the ring gimmick that's because okay outside of king booker yes so king booker is the only like king of the ring winner and that is he like he embraced the campiness of it yes like fully um but like okay stone cold brock lesnar um I think Bret Hart have yeah. all won King of the Ring, mm-hmm. and none of them spent the next year of their career yep. wearing a crown and being introduced as mm-hmm. King Brock or yeah. whatever. I think the only person that was successful in doing that was, you know, the Macho King. Yeah, you know, and but that then again, it was Randy Savage. Like, mm-hmm. of course, it was going to work because he makes everything work. Yeah. Uh, so that even even that feels like a special circumstance. Yes. I'm assuming that we are going to have uh, King Corbin for a while now. We yeah. had King Sheamus for a while. Yeah. Um, and I can see an argument. I'm not going to say that it only works this way, but I can see an argument of like, hey, you're making people bow down and call you king. That's a heel gimmick. Sure. So if, if, if we're going to have somebody for the next six months come out to king music, wearing a crown, demanding yeah. that, that that that's geared to get booze. King gimmicks are for mm-hmm. heels. But King of the Ring winners don't have to have king gimmicks. No. <laughs> no that, you could just be like, this guy won it, and now you're going to see him use that momentum to yeah. move forward. And let's say that they do. Let's say that Chad Gable, the man of no personality. Yeah. Would you like a king personality? King Gable, sure. <laughs> Make it happen. Like it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, because it's been a long time since they've had a King of the Ring winner not have a king gimmick immediately after. Yeah, well, and that's because it's gone to heels. Sure, and maybe it has gone to heels because they're like, well, we want to give them this, you know, 
king gimmick mm. where they get a bunch of booze by yelling at people how they should bow and respect. And for the people that are worried that, oh, now that he's king, we're going to get even more Corbin shoved down our throats. Let me remind you that the last king of the ring was Wade Barrett. <laughs> and we all saw how quickly WWE gave up on that. Yes. So that might not necessarily be the case. <laughs> they might get tired of it too. Um, did I miss it? And I might have missed it. Um, what? Well, you weren't watching? <laughs> I might have missed it. Okay. Um, but did they not ever say the Baron is now the king? I don't or think they ever the said Baron that. the Baron has become the king. I would have flipped a table <laughs> if they did. How? <laughs> but no, they, was, they, they, yeah. My, right. we, we, we made predictions. We made, you know, yeah. predictions years ago. And my literal prediction was, there's that line. They're yeah. literally going to book this whole thing so they can say the Baron has become the king. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's what they're going to do. Here it comes. Boy, howdy. And, and just didn't. And yeah. what, what I, Not even Corey Graves, who is, you know, has his character has been a shill for Baron Corbin this entire time. Yeah. Nothing. That's why, like, I was honest, like, have I, I, I want to go on a rant about, like, why wouldn't they yeah. do this? How did they miss this most yeah. obvious, obvious line? But I can't because I'm scared I missed it because surely they said that. No, I really don't. <laughs> of all the things that Corey Graves has said this last week, it, it, yeah, yeah was like, how was that not it, one of them? It, it's so frustrating because it's like, at least be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> That that's just that that should be tattooed. Yeah, on the table. Because uh, again, like apparently Corey Graves' thing is just pointing out the obvious. You know, you saw that in the Mike Kennell segment. <laughs> you know, you you saw that in you know the the holy crap moment with mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley and and uh, Strowman. Yeah, and no, it didn't happen. The same guy who was sulkily holding the broken scepter mm-hmm. of Baron Corbin. You thought to do that, <laughs> but you didn't think to do the this Barely really obvious. Game. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's that's me for this week. Yeah. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at CR Attire, where we live tweet whenever it's appropriate. It's gonna be appropriate on Wednesdays now. It's gonna be appropriate so for so many days. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, anything you want us to bring up on the show, send that to our email. That's classroomingattire at gmail.com. We are also on iTunes. Easy way to follow the podcast. Give us a rating of five stars or write a review. That kind of stuff really helps out the podcast as far as iTunes metrics go. And you can find Classroom Attire on Facebook where you can keep up with the show and keep up with stuff that me and Joel are doing outside the podcast. Until next time, stay classy and huzzah. Huzzah.